Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Breakfast special. Welcome to the Breakfast Show's Environment Special, Climate Connections. The world is swimming in discarded plastic, a problem that has become one of the most pressing environmental issues. Despite the chokehold plastic has on modern consumers, did you know that this fossil fuel-derived material was only invented a little over a century ago? Since then, of all the plastic ever produced, only 9% is recycled, 12% incinerated. The rest lies in landfills or dumped into the oceans. You might wonder how that affects you. Well, scientists have found evidence that plastic pollution can alter habitats and natural processes, reducing the ability of ecosystems to adapt to climate change, directly affecting millions of people's livelihoods, food production capabilities and social well-being. As the reputation of plastics fell in the 1970s and 80s when anxiety about waste grew, it was actually the plastics industry that offered recycling as a solution. But that too is a complex problem, says Associate Professor Su Hansen from the NTU School of Chemistry, Chemical Engineering and Biotechnology. Among the technologies right now, chemical recycling, which typically involves first cleaning it and then grinding it into small pieces and then regranulating it, but it's not applicable to most plastics other than the PET type plastics, which constitutes only around 10% at most of all the plastics used. The other process is pyrolysis. Pyrolysis involves heating the plastics up into oils, but the problem is that right now, oil is not that expensive. So in, in other words, there are few technologies that are available that will create value-added products. So this leads to the next part, which is about the economics of the, of the issue. So there is low demand now for the recycled products because the mechanically recycled ones typically have poorer properties from the original. And so consumers won't want to pay extra for products that are of lower quality, or at least even if they are willing to pay a premium for the green aspects of it, it won't be a huge premium. The last thing is, of course, the variations in the plastics. We use plastics for many applications, like wind turbines, aeroplanes, computers, phones, packaging, and also mundane ones like plastic bags. And all of them have different chemical compositions. And so if we want to recycle them effectively, we either have to sort them out so that we can have a high quality product stream, or we have to do the downstream separation at the end. So there is no single process that applies for all of them. In their search for a more equitable solution, Professor Su and his team created a process using light-emitting diodes, or LEDs, which can upcycle most plastics into liquids that can be used to store energy like hydrogen. There are very few existing methods that can target the plastics that we actually are able to process. The most commonly used would be pyrolysis to convert the plastics into low-grade fuel. The process involves putting in energy to actually transform the plastics into pyrolysis oil and then that oil is then burnt as a fuel. So if you think of the entire life cycle of that, it's actually worse than direct incineration of the plastics. Because when you do direct incineration of plastics, you are just burning the plastics directly. Whereas for pyrolysis oil, you first have to put in energy to turn it into a fuel and then you burn it. In other words, the current methods actually mainly lead to more greenhouse gases as the final products. This is where our approach is different. We use light-emitting diodes and these actually allow us to transform the plastics at room temperature. We don't actually require any heating for the actual degradation of the plastics. This gives us an advantage because we can either directly use sunlight if there's enough space 
and in Singapore this may not be relevant but of course it can be deployed overseas but alternatively because we are using LEDs if we have imported renewable electricity then we can also use the imported renewable electricity to drive the LEDs another aspect that is greener is that we actually have better carbon circularity because we are actually recovering the products and using those products for other applications and so it reduces the need for pristine fossil fuels to make those products this breakthrough can also work for multi-layer packaging, which is adding to the rapidly growing plastic waste issue. We demonstrated the process for two types of multi-layer packaging material. One is a PS-EVOH-PS, which stands for polystyrene, ethylene vinyl alcohol polystyrene. Another is PP-EVOH-PP, which stands for polypropylene, ethylene vinyl alcohol polypropylene. These are purely plastics and they undergo the process similar to the other types of pure plastics that we used. But for the composites, including plastic with some other material like paper or aluminum, then in principle, there are two approaches. One is to first separate out the plastic from the other material and we will only process the plastic. But our method is actually tolerance to these other materials and so we can also subject the entire thing to our process and it will dissolve only the plastics and at the end the other components like the aluminum or the paper can just be filtered off as a residue that doesn't dissolve. But the future is not in plastics and this solution could very well be lying in our oceans. For centuries, seaweed has been treasured in Asian kitchens and neglected elsewhere. But in the past decade, seaweed production has grown by nearly 75%, and the focus is moving far beyond its traditional use in food. Spurred by a dream to create packaging that comes from nature and disappears into nature quickly, together with a friend from graduate school, Rodrigo Garcia Gonzalez, created a company called Nopla, short for Not Plastic. From an East London warehouse, they design an edible sachet of water made of seaweed and other plant extracts. Actually, plastic was invented in the warehouse where I'm sitting now. Next door is where plastic was invented in 1856. Every day, if you wake up and you consume anything or you go around the street, you consume plastic. And that plastic gets discarded, but it lasts for centuries. Our alternative is to use seaweed instead of plastic. We call it O because it's the name that people give it when they see it for the first time. They make that sound of ooh or O. Oh. And basically, it's a seaweed membrane or material that is similar to plastic. So we were um, trying to replicate how fruits contain liquids. So basically, in the past, had been quite a lot of what is called bioplastics, that sometimes it comes from corn or starch or other type of materials. The challenge is that they are chemically modified in order to convert those polymers into plastic. And then nature doesn't know how to process a material that had not been there before. Well, what we do with seaweed is that we don't convert the seaweed into a plastic. We don't chemically modify. We use what we call the native polymer. So the polymer that is already in seaweed, the same way that from trees you can use cellulose. At the moment we are focusing on the takeaway market, normally you get a box that it looks like cardboard, but internally it's plastic, because if not, the cardboard will absorb the water and the grease of the food. And they asked us a few years ago, can, can you use the same material that you use for your pots to cover that box? And now um, that has been a really good success because we use it in eight different countries in Europe. 
Since it was formed in 2019, Nopla has created interesting applications ranging from edible water pots for thirsty marathon runners to pasta bags that dissolve in boiling water. But the challenge is how to scale up as seaweed coating is still more expensive than conventional plastic coatings. In the world of packaging, normally it's a game of a scale. So as much you can produce, the cheaper it is. So you need to achieve kind of like quite big scale in order to be competitive. At the moment, the product that we're producing bigger quantity is the takeaway boxes. And on that product, we have managed to be cost competitive with other PLA or other boxes that are on the market. For other products like um, flexible films, at the moment, we are not at the scale that plastic is. So it's quite hard for us to compete with those type of prices. It really depends where are they produced, what type of supply chain they have. There is other externalities that is good to consider is that at the moment when we buy plastic, they normally pay only around 10% of the cost that society is going to pay for that plastic. So plastic is quite well subsidized in many of the regions. And rather than harvesting seaweed from the wild, Rodrigo says it's more sustainable to farm it. Basically, how you farm seaweed, it depends on the species, but you normally you put little seaweeds in a row in the sea and that you can have several harvests, several crops per year, which is really different from agriculture that normally you can get one or maximum two crops. Southeast Asia is really popular on seaweed and a lot of kind of like seaweed gets produced in, in places like Indonesia, that is the number one country on seaweed production for red seaweeds with all the coastline that they have. And there is other seaweeds that they are called brown seaweeds, other family of seaweeds that normally grow in a bit more colder countries, that they are the ones that they normally grow a bit faster, that are being cultivated in other parts like Norway, UK, France, Netherlands. But for the red seaweed that grow in sometimes in, in a bit more tropical climates, they have a lot of energy from the sun to be able to grow. And maybe they don't grow in length, but they can grow quite a lot in terms of biomass. Last year, Notpla was a winner of Prince William's Earthshot Prize, an award for eco-innovators for their climate solutions. Beyond the prize money of £1 million, Rodrigo says the impact on his company has been huge. It had been really, really great to be around all the different finalists and winners to make sure that like, what we are doing is not in isolation. We are tackling the problem of plastic, but other winners are tackling the problem of clean air or protecting the nature or cleaning the ocean. If we all combine somehow the different uh, solutions, we can literally change the world. So we have quite a lot of visibility, and one of the, uh, the way of demonstrating that is this interview that we're having today, but as well quite a lot of support from uh, different personalities like the Prince of Wales, like Prince William, who have been really supportive of, of the project and have been kind of like spending quite a lot of time visiting us. He was in one of the seaweed farms that we collaborate. And then he had come as well with a program of acceleration that had been really, really well put together by the team of the Airshot Prize and have been helped us with tools on how to make more impact. This was Climate Connections on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.